Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. With COVID 19, a lot of businesses went into survival mode. Sadly, some did not survive. Um, others, though, quite frankly, did very well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we see the online sales businesses, they really prospered during this time. But venture capitalists are one group of people that have slightly different needs and and slightly different way of looking at the world and looking at what makes a business viable and how they can support those businesses with capital, right, with cash. Um, I think both you and I are looking for a little bit extra – Money as well. So maybe we might be in that uh, target category. Uh, anyway, when we look at um, Asian tech unicorns, especially at these billion dollar companies and how investors can look forward to looking for an abundance of resources from the VCs. Anyway, let's, let's bring in our next guest now. Robson Lee is a partner in Gibson Dunn here in Singapore, a member of the firm's mergers and acquisitions and capital markets practice group. That's a mouthful, but Robson, thanks for being with us today. On Money FM. Great to have you with us. Morning, Hi, Robson. Good morning, Cindy. Yeah. Hi, good to see both of you. So, talk to us, Robson, about what's been going on in the VC space, and obviously, you know, the MA space um, over this past year. Many companies have kind of hunkered down and, and taken a let's wait and see. Have there been others that have actively been out there really looking for opportunities? Well, I think what venture capitalists uh, have, uh, you know, focus in 2021 is the uh, strong resurgence of SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, uh, which they basically pull cash uh, in a shell company uh, to then look out for opportunities, look out for projects, look out for potential unicorns uh, to invest and uh, in the process, uh, you know, uh, make good use of the investors' money or the sponsors' money to strike goals, so to speak. Mm. So that has uh, uh, been the, uh, you know, the phenomenon, uh, you know, three months into 2021. And it has grown uh, tremendously, especially in the United States. So when the VCs look at these SPACs, as you call them, special purpose acquisition companies, what, what is a, what's an example of a, of a SPAC that you can give us? Well, I think there are many specs which uh, have uh, uh, been formed and listed uh, in the United States. Not every one of them has found a unicorn. I think what is uh, the happening now is that many are looking at Asia for opportunities to invest in projects, in high-tech companies. Mm. Uh, you, you have uh, seen uh, you know, the announcements by uh, uh, Grab, by Gojek and what have you, travel order, and and uh, you know the whole uh, works of, of uh, potential companies uh, that want to make it big, want to use specs as a platform to leapfrog, and and that is something that um, you know uh, market players, industry, uh, um, investors, uh, even regulators are now scrutinizing and and wondering uh, what's happening, what's unfolding. Uh, because uh, there are certain concerns, of course, whether this is, is this a bubble? Is this going mm-hmm. to be another collateralized debt obligation, uh, junk bonds that, uh, um, you know, sort of like decimated a lot of investors' investments and savings in, in uh, 20, uh, 2008? So I think these are things which uh, we are watching very carefully. But uh, putting that uh, aside, the concerns aside, I think there is, uh, you know, there is certainly room to uh, for Singapore Exchange 
come and uh, look at this and see if this is a viable vehicle uh, to be institutionalized in Singapore. I think the, uh, the Singapore regulator, um, uh, RECO for uh, SGX, has actually made the announcement. And we're actually watching with bated breath whether the consultation paper will come out within March itself. Because I think that was announced that it's going to come out, uh, the, the rules for consultation uh, is going to come out in the first quarter. But we are almost the end of the first quarter. Yeah, you know, this, as you mentioned, it's essentially a, a shell company that's set up by investors um, with with that purpose of raising money for IPOs or acquiring another company. Um, there is some, I think, inherent, uh, I won't say the word danger, but cautions that have to be put out when we look at organizing those specs, right? Because you want to make sure that there's enough transparency in them uh, so that uh, so that investors can know what's really going on behind the scenes, who's in control, where the money's flowing to and from. Are those just are those some of the concerns that you would have about these, or are they easily addressed? Well, I, well, I think when a spec is formed and listed, uh, there's nothing much uh, uh, for investors uh, to read, whether fine print or in bold print, because essentially this is a, a glorified cash company. Uh, its purpose is to you know raise cash. Uh, and uh, the bulk of it uh, under U.S. rules is basically to put the bulk of it in an escrow account in very safe deposits, time deposits. And the people who form it together are invariably, uh, you know, people who are venture capitalists with a track record. And now increasingly you see artists and even ex-politicians coming together. So they are basically... Uh, selling on their brand names or on their track record. I think most important for investors uh, of specs is post-spec uh, when during the two-year period where they have to de-spec and that is they look out for a business opportunity to invest, uh, how much due diligence is put in uh, the details of, of the valuation of the acquisition target. I think this is a, a more important aspect of the scrutiny uh, that investors have to be uh, aware and ask questions. Of course, investors of specs have a choice. Uh, they they can uh, they have to uh, approve the acquisition, or they can redeem their, their units of investment if they are not happy with the proposed acquisition. Um, so, I think the sixty-four million dollar question would be the amount of due diligence, the care and 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 uh, professionalism in valuing the target. Mm. Because that's where the bulk of the money is going to uh, go in. And also one thing that investors have to look up for is the kind of uh, premium that sponsors have. Because under U.S. rules, the sponsors, uh, the people who put up the spec together, they have um, a bonus 20% on a fully diluted basis post-acquisition. means they retain 20% of the enlarged uh, vehicle uh, after the acquisition uh, and therefore the concern is would they uh, the sponsors would they be tardy would they be uh, less than uh, careful in, mm. in valuing and, and, and doing the due diligence the legal the financial the accounting um, in, in, uh, in before they uh, agree to acquire because they have a, a, a clock ticking two year period so is uh, there going to be too much money chasing after too few unicorns, so to speak? 
Interesting. We're talking with Robson Lee, a partner at Gibson and Dunn Singapore, a member of the firm's uh, M&A and Capital Markets Practice Group. We're talking about SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. Uh, these are uh, essentially shell companies set up by investors looking at raising money through IPOs to eventually uh, acquire another company. And, and you talked about valuation. That, of course, is always the big challenge, right? When somebody's going off for IPO, what are you really worth? Uh, what is the company really worth? What is a company really willing to pay for some another company even after the IPO or, or in the M&A deal. So uh, therein, uh, of course, is the magic, right? The, the special sauce of people who are successful in purchasing companies and investing in companies. Uh, but when we look at uh, particularly our our fast rising companies here in Singapore uh, could be in the could be tech unicorns or in that space. What what should they look out for if they are being approached by a spec for investment? Because uh, they need to do their due diligence on the side as well, right? If they're going to be accepting money from some of these. You, you see, um, if I were a potential unicorn, I would be extremely careful to make sure that I'm just not a mere acquisition target for the spec to fulfill its two-year time frame mm. to do an acquisition so that they can despec. Because you don't want at the end of the day to be just a mere digit in the sea of nameless faces. You know, in the sense that um, a lot of uh, specs, the focus now is <clears throat> post-acquisition, the valuation drops because the sponsors cashed out, uh, the original spec investors cashed out as well. So also that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, people see this as a mere quick reach scheme to get rich if you go in early. Of course, there are pros in uh, having a spec acquisition for a uh, potential unicorn in the sense that unlike IPO, where you don't know how much you are valued until just before the IPO itself, the day before the IPO, after you have done all the book building and, and mm-hmm. the uh, people that uh, the underwriters have approached says, well, I'm prepared to pay this price uh, to, to invest in these shares. Um, in a spec acquisition, you can actually negotiate in advance and therefore, you know exactly how much cash you could raise through a spec, um, um, you know, backdoor listing because the price, the terms will be fixed. Of course, it's subject to shareholders' approval. So there are pros and cons. But I think for a potential unicorn, I think you want to look at the people who are um, who set up the spec. Are they mere? Are they venture capitalists who could? Uh, who are professionals, can drive the company to greater heights, can improve governance, can help you set up internal controls, risk management, credible corporate finance specialists, or are they just mere sportsmen or expedition hoping to cash out at a premium because of the uh, you know the twenty percent uh, you know bonus that they they yeah. have secured for themselves, so that at the end of the day, uh, these in a sense diminish your entire long term value as a potential high-tech uh, company, a potential unicorn. So if I were a unicorn, I would look at who do I partner, who do I uh, hold my hands to springboard to greater heights, or is this going to be a dead cat bounce after, after, the, <laughs> Let's after hope not. the acquisition? I fizzle off and, and I'm just one of the many failures of a post-spec. Yeah. Uh, so I, oh. I'll be concerned if I was a unicorn. Robson, one of our Facebook Live uh, viewers, uh, A.B. Terrence, is saying, uh, with Jardine uh, Matheson and Capital End buying back some of their assets and making them private, possibly due to a downturn related to COVID, do you see this as a new trend in corporations? Who could be next? Is that something that, you're, uh, that you can comment on? 
Well, of course, a lot of people are, uh, are looking at potentially, especially the managers and the controlling shareholders of big corporations, conglomerates, which are listed, they would want to uh, delist and privatize because they see a depressed valuation uh, down the road because COVID-19 and all the global uncertainties uh, are, are just making uh, the market extremely uh, pessimistic in terms of outlook. So they could be taking opportunities to delist, uh, to privatize, restructure, and perhaps down the road, relist their, their business uh, at a potentially higher valuation. So it's a cyclical phenomenon. You know, companies come and go, lease and delist. It's rather a healthy dynamic situation. So I wouldn't be unduly concerned. But if I were an investor of a potential delisting vehicle to be delisted, I'd be looking at what kind of uh, pricing uh, am I going to be taken private? Is this going to be a depressed value uh, to net uh, net mm. asset value, or is this going to be at least uh, a reasonable uh, premium over the uh, you know the average trading price for X number of months, etc.? So it's a question of valuation. Uh, uh, what valuation do the uh, people who are going to privatize this vehicle are they offering me? Should I press on and and insist that they give a better valuation, a better pricing, better offer price before I accept the offer? Mm. So I think it's a question of you've got to make an informed decision. Yeah, as always. Uh, Robson, thanks so much for your time today. Robson Lee, a partner at Gibson & Dunn, Singapore, uh, talking about SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. And uh, appreciate your time and your thoughts on this today, Robson. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a great day. Thank you, Robson. Thanks so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.